This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Today we're looking at our second installment. We're going to be looking at David and Goliath, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And, and this is a real, I mean, it's, it's such a well-known passage. You know, many of us, if you've been to, you know, Sunday school at any point, you heard the story of David, David and Goliath. Uh, I've used this as an example uh, to, to, to illustrate something of overcoming great odds and what is possible when we have uh, the willingness uh, to step out in faith and to take on and tackle some of the very real issues and challenges we have. And I'm trusting this morning that you and I would maybe see it from a little bit of a different angle. Um, like I said, David actually cultivated his God-sized imagination not out on the battlefield, but actually out in the, the sheepfold, looking after the sheep, spending time with God, in prayer, in worship, reading and studying God's word. He came to understand and know God, and because, of, because he filled his life, his inner life, so much with the things of God, when he had to encounter any of the struggles and challenges and obstacles like a, a Goliath, uh, he could take on you know, this with confidence, not in himself, but actually in the track record of God, because his mind was not filled with his own abilities or with his circumstances, but actually was would do because of God's track record. I love this quote by Eugene Peterson in his book, A Leap Over a Wall. He says, David cultivated a God-centered imagination that transformed his life from the inside out. It gave him a vision of God's kingdom larger than the culture in which he lived. Friends, you and I, I'm trusting that I share today, you and I would, would yield ourselves in the same way as David did, learning to, to see things from God's perspective, that we're not dictated to by what the world says or what's going on in our lives and what culture pushes us towards, but actually we would stand firm in the knowledge of who God is. And so I want to speak to us about, firstly, how do you and I activate our imagination? Now, many of us, you know, like I said, I, I, it's not something that I think we consciously think about. And some of us do this more, you know, it's easier for us than for others. Some of us enjoy the daydreaming, you know, sit there in the office and you're like thinking of things, no, wait, wait a minute, you know, uh, or you get distracted, you're so busy with this, focus on this thing, you know, the, the pot is boiling on the, the, the stove, my wife's life, laughing right now, and she's very busy with things, and then uh, life, life carries on, but we're busy in our inner world. And I love what happens, um, a well-known Secular uh, author Malcolm Gladwell, he, he wrote, you know, Tipping Point and Blink and a whole bunch of words, uh, books. But one of the books he wrote was a book called David and Goliath. And he's a Jewish guy and he looked at it from kind of a Jewish perspective, but also looking at it from a life perspective. And one thing he said around cultivating this imagination uh, specifically is, is that he says, Courage is not something that you already have that makes you brave when the tough times start. Courage is what you earn when you've been through the tough times and you discover they aren't so tough after all. I want you to see this. God places faith in us, and many of us feel like, I just don't have faith, I don't have courage to take on these challenges. But many of us can look over your shoulder and you can say, wow, Lord, I didn't have faith at the time. 
but now I can see how my faith carried me. I didn't see you at work at the time, but now I can see, looking back, how you were always at work. And friends, for us, as we cultivate this God-sized imagination, which is basically faith, I'm trusting that you and I would, would be intentional with that. And there are four different ways that you and I can activate or cultivate our faith. Um, I love what Greg Rochelle says. He says, the imagination is a powerful tool that God has given us to dream big dreams and pursue His purposes. Don't be afraid to use it to its full potential. And so one of the first ways that you and I can activate our faith or our imagination is through visualization. And now this is obviously something that many, uh, you know, uh, athletes and sporting people, uh, even for myself as someone that speaks in front of people, it helps me to visualize myself doing the action or the activity. World-renowned uh, Olympic swimmer, he has a whole routine from the minute he, he like wakes up that morning. There's a song that he, that he listens to. He's gone through that whole race over and over and over and over again in his mind so that by the time he is in the battle, he's no longer thinking. But he's, what he has invested in is takes, takes over. For me as someone that plays a musical instrument, um, the more I work at these sort of motions, the more it becomes sick in nature. I don't even think about it anymore. They just happen. And many of us, I think, can cultivate that through our visualization. And so I want to ask you, where does your mind go? And what do you allow your mind, the things that you see in your mind's eye, where do you uh, let it go and, how, and do you allow it to, um, you know, to dictate things and to grow? The second thing is through creativity. Now, some of you are saying, Gareth, I'm an engineer I don't have a creative bone in my body. Everything is, you know, in lines and, and all of those types of things. But I want to encourage you to place yourself in situations where you can exercise some creativity. You know, just this week during our, uh, you know, one of our staff lunches, um, Letitia had us all right with our left hands. If, if you were obviously right-handed, then you just right with your left hand. And it was amazing to see just how much brain power it took for me to, to write like that. And, and actually how much actually creativity was uncomfortable with, but it taught me something about myself. So you can cultivate uh, your imagination through creativity. The third one is reading and storytelling. And can I encourage you, and I, I'm speaking to myself, there's so much of our brains that get switched off because we're staring at these screens all day long. There's just something about taking a physical book and reading it you know, experiencing it, taking some time to read, helping us to, to uh, you know, go to a place using our imaginations, and as well as storytelling is very important. When we are, are uh, wanting to cultivate that, that we would share testimonies of God's faithfulness, testimonies of what we feel God has been saying, and it's been so amazing for me, just, you know, in, in our daily walk, uh, just even yesterday, in my, in my daily reading of God's Word, there was a passage that God highlighted, and while we were busy with this position, um, power through position, sorry, uh, we, the, the same passage came up, and I was like, wow, God just spoke to me, and I could share the story of, of how this was connected, and that built my faith. The third way that you and I can, or the fourth way we can uh, activate our imagination is through problem solving. So many of us look at our situations and all we say, I just don't want to have a problem. 
You know, a flat tire is not a problem. It's an opportunity. <laughs> an opportunity. As he says, it's an opportunity to call Ronke. <laughs> that certainly is the case for us many times. She knows she phones him before she phones me for those things. But friends, you and I need to realize that our imagination is a powerful thing. And if we just apply these four different things, it'll help us to grow. It'll grow our faith practically. I love what Eugene Peterson again says. Imagination is not something that you use to escape reality. But it's something that enhances your ability to see reality. Imagination is not something that distracts you from the real world. It's something that helps you to see the real world more clearly. And so friends, when you're sitting there in the, you know, the license department, and you've prayed that morning to, for the Lord to increase your patience, and then that's the day you've got to be at a, some government you know, institution, and you're sitting there and your mind wanders, instead of allowing it to go to all sorts of places, the frustration you have or the things that you're struggling with, to allow God to show you what He is saying, that you can see what's really going on. When we pause and consider, because this is something that David practiced all the time, he paused, he had moments of reflection, moments saying, I'm not going to fill my mind and heart with the things that are the busyness of this life. I'm going to quiet my, my soul so that I would be able to um, overcome some of these things. Now, our imagination can help us overcome our everyday challenges. You can build your faith as you are intentional with this. And what's amazing for me to see is that David didn't just arrive on the scene and ready to go. I mean, he, he, if you read that passage, and we'll look, look at the different parts of the passage, uh, he didn't just arrive and go, okay, cool, I'm here, and let, let's go. You know, I've got the plan all sorted out. Now, he had cultivated this on the inside, and then when, he, when the time came, he could step forward with confidence, even though others had all sorts of other plans. He's like, no, 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 this is what I believe God has got for me. This is what God has called me to. And what we sometimes think about in our difficult challenges or the giants we're about to face, we feel like there's a lot of pressure. The heat is on. It gets turned up. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm sweating a bit. I feel like, yo, this is uncomfortable. But they once asked a blacksmith who, who works with steel you know, implements and, and makes different things. They asked him about what is you know, the process of making a sword. And he said, you know, the heat is... Uh, it takes a lot of heat, but most of all, it takes the hammer. It takes the hammer. It takes the preparation. It takes the willingness to be molded, to be yielded. Lives, if we're wanting to see God form within us what He really has, we should utilize and embrace the hot moments when things are a little bit uncomfortable. Asking the Lord, Lord, I don't want to run away with the hammer of your Holy Spirit and your word. I want you to shape me into the image and likeness of Christ because I want you, to, I want you to, to be put on display through my life. And so David comes onto the scene and he, he you know, we'll look at it a couple of different things, but I feel like there's, there's a moment in this story that almost pauses. We see him arriving actually just to bring some lunch for his brother there. He hears about this Goliath. He hears Goliath giving all of these, you know, touts of, insults to the people of Israel. The army of Israel is petrified because they're looking with physical eyes, not with eyes of the Spirit. And, and David, it says at one point, you know, 
they, they talk about give, giving him the armor and stuff. But at one point it says he, he took his sling and he had taken five stones that he had collected from the brook. There was a moment, and I love the way Malcolm Gladwell in his book as well, he's, he has a, a moment of pause. I want you to imagine David taking the time to go down to the brook. And as he's choosing each one of these stones, is, how, how will this fly? He's a, he's a skilled warrior. How is this going to be used? How useful will this be for me in the battle that I'm about to face? And he chose how we can apply this in our everyday lives. The first one is that we, the first stone is that we should take power over fear. There's, there's, there's power of faith over fear is our first one. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 32 to 33 says, Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. This is Goliath. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight him. You are but a youth, and he has been a man of war since his youth. There's fear in the camp. And Saul is saying to him, listen, buddy, I, 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 like, I like the enthusiasm, eh? But I didn't see it. I didn't see it. But then David's response is, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said, go and the Lord be with you. Friends, when we are confronted with fear and realities and, and, and questions that say you can't do it, you and I have to answer. Comes from faith, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God, but also comes from our experiences that we've had. And so many of you, I, when I spend time with you, and I've, I've sat with many people in counseling and praying with people, what I realize is that people forget how far they've come. You might be struggling with your finances right now, but you know, a year or two ago, it was your marriage that was struggling. Some of you are feeling like, you know, as, as parents, your teenagers are, are taking over and you're struggling to, to navigate, but you're forgetting that God helped you and led you when you were leading those preteens. I've got some, some preteens in my house at the moment, and there are some moments that I think, I don't know what to do, but then I remember, Lord, the Lord was with me then, He is still with me now. And you and I need to look at your life, not based on what you are faced with right now, but begin to remember what God has done and be able to express that. Uh, Jesus says to his disciples, you know, they're in the storm. And we spoke about this uh, earlier this year. They're in the storm. They are full of fear. But Jesus has power over the storm. He's able to speak. And when we speak the name of Jesus, when we bring God's perspective, when we God bring God's perspective, um, presence into every sphere of our lives. Everything shifts. Everything changes. I love what Paul writes to Timothy. He says in 2 Timothy 1.7, you guys know this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but if you might be feeling like, yes, I can't get over this, the struggle of sin. But God has not given you. You're not submitted to that spirit. You're not submitted to the Goliath, the gods of, of the Philistines. You've submitted to the living God. The Lord, when it speaks about the Lord, it's in capital letters. There's no other God but the God we serve. And that is the one that we would come into battle with. The second way that you and I can, in our preparation, is that it's the importance of humility. You and I need to understand that, that we are but 
servants. We're vessels. Never should we ever come to a place where we're like, yes, I got this, man. I've got this. No problem. I've got this covered. So many times in David's life and in this story, we see him actually saying to, to Saul, your servant is here to serve. I'm, whatever, I, I'm not here to say I'm your great warrior. Look at all my accolades. I'll take it from here. Thank you, Saul, for your kingdom. I've actually been anointed. I just want to remind you, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually a big deal, you know, in God's economy. You know, I just want to let you know. Like, it's 22 years from when David was anointed to when he was commissioned as king or ascended the throne. 22 years. And in that time, he was this humble servant. He was someone that was willing to yield himself to God's will and plan. And it never, at no point did he say, I'm going to grasp it for myself. I'm going to take hold of it for myself. And so, friends, I want us to see the, just the power of this. And Jesus speaks to us then as well as believers today. We should not look for, even though you feel sometimes tempted to, we always seek what the, the benefit of others. Luke chapter 14 verse 11 says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Paul writes in Philippians, and he says to the, the Philippian church, he says to them, you know, we should have this mind amongst us, the mind of Christ. Remember I said this this morning, that fixing your mind on Christ fixes your mind. That's what Paul's saying. Don't live as you want to, as your flesh would or as the world, but actually yield yourself in continuous basis. Because when you and I prepare, if we're going down to the brook to choose these stones and, and fill it with our, our, our pouch and say, this is what I'm going to go into battle with. Friends, when we face those battles, we're prepared. We are loaded. We are ready to take on what God has for us. The third one is our spiritual armor. And uh, I mean, I know this is such a, a cliche, and even this morning, uh, your name mentioned to this, oh no, don't put on Saul's armor, you know, put on God's armor, Ephesians, put on the full armor of God, because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but friends, this is such a truth. So many believers live as if we're just products of our circumstance. So many of us just live as things we experience, and yes, a lo lot of things, I can't choose you know, for someone. I can't make decisions for somebody. And all of us have experienced. I've experienced break-ins. I've experienced car accidents. I've experienced loss in many ways. And next week, we're going to be looking at how David dealt with grief and loss. And so we all go through those different things. But you and I need to realize that our battle is not against flesh and blood. And so as David put on this armor of Saul, he, he actually very quickly realize, listen, this isn't helpful. And sometimes I've found in our willingness to, to somehow be inclusive, our willingness to say, so I just want to I, I be a nice person. I don't want to make things. I don't want to rock the boat too much. We're willing to conform, can I say compromise, in what we believe and what we hold true. And it's so easy for us then to sometimes put those things on and say, well, now I can really face the battles. But then we fall and we falter because, as David says, it wasn't tested. This, this armor I'm wearing, you're wanting to put on me, hasn't been tested. I haven't been comfortable with it. I want to ask you, how much time are you spending yielding yourself to Jesus on a daily basis? Time in meaningful prayer, 
Not just for, oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Amen. But actually, Lord, I'm interceding. I'm praying. I'm setting aside some time. to be. Fourth one is, and this is something that it, it's just part of our Christian walk, is that understanding the power of the underdog. Goliath said to, says to David when he sees him, he says, uh, the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he was disdained at him. For he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to him, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? This, and the Philistine cursed David and his guards. Friends, even though the world may look at you and I and say we are... We're not worthy. We don't have anything to offer. We don't have anything we can bring. You and I should understand that God has set us apart. And even though you might not have it all together, I've just experienced this. I yield myself continuously to God as I prepare my heart and life, as I set my mind on things that are above and not the things that are below. When I face those circumstances, we've all had those those colleagues and, and, and bosses and people that have treated us badly and you, you're overlooked because of your faith maybe or because you're a man or a woman or you're, you're, you're not the, you know, you don't have the right qualifications or whatever things that we feel are, are barriers for us to be able to advance. But can you and I say, Lord, that, that that's the way of, of the faith, of our faith? We are not meant to always rise and take control because i've sometimes have seen the power of someone faithfully serving faithfully being obedient to what god has called them to and actually making a much bigger impact some of you can remember some of those workers those colleagues that you've had over the years soft-spoken but when you have a farewell for them how people just shed tears because of the the impact that person made the school teacher that invested in you the parent or the grandparent that took the time to invest, to believe, to speak words of life. And sometimes it's sometimes the most unlikely uh, of people and places that actually help us to see what God has for us. Because God uses what, what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, and God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 27. The last rock that, um, that David puts in his pocket, and I, I believe this is something that you and I need to see. Too often, in my own strength, in my own abilities, putting my, my uh, you know, thoughts and the books I've read and the things I've been to, I've tried to use those things to come against some of the, the struggles I face. But when you and I are filled with God's Word, that's when really we begin to see results. Really when we see the power of God at work. You see, when Jesus was tempted in the desert, we heard about it this morning as well. What happened? He quoted, it is written. It is written. That's how we fight our battles. And so many of us, myself included, I'm so used to the fact that, oh man, uh, if I don't know where the scripture is, my, my Bible app will tell me. I can just like put in like half, of, half a sentence and then get all the, the scripture references. 
And I've been challenged this. Am I memorizing the, the word? Am I taking time to just be like, this, Lord, this is gonna, I'm going to fill my heart and my mind. I remember when I just came to Clarkstorp, Mark and I um, started a, a, a like gap year program. Uh, part of, and, um, and Rumka and Chantal and Baptist and Sean and uh, a whole bunch of people that, are, that <laughs> God's been using over the years within our city uh, were with us. And I remember in the, in the mornings we would have these faith confession, daily faith confessions with Pastor George, with some, some you know, evangelist, TV preacher's guy, you know, his thing. And we would always listen to all these words, you know. I'm not the head, I'm the head, I'm not the tail. And, you know, it's not by, my, my, uh, not by power, but by the Spirit. You know, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice in it. All these passages would, we would just speak over. And, and I, I would find myself during the day, sometimes having to go into a difficult meeting or needing to, to really make some difficult decisions. And in those moments when the pressure is on, what comes in is in the inside, that's what comes out. You've realized that. If you're struggling with, with your, your, your tongue, swearing and, and things like that, your mind and your heart with God's word, when the pressure begins to be on, you and I will experience and see God's word at work on our behalf. Because David says to, to, to uh, this Philistine, he says, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut your, <laughs> off your head, and I will give you to the dead bodies to the hosts of the Philistines uh, um, this day, and the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not by the sword of, and the spear, but the battle belongs to the Lord. He will give you into our hand. Friends, this is so powerful to see. David comes, yes, he's got a sling and it's, it's a very interesting sort of uh, tactic that he's using. The battle that he fights with, the weapons of his warfare, he quotes God's word right back at this giant, right back at, his, at him. And so many times, friends, we miss that. Hebrews chapter 4, with, with, uh, verse 12, speaks about the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Remember, friends, I said before, when the heat's on, it's time for the hammer to come in. Because what's that hammer forming? It's forming a sword. God wants your and my life to be a sword in his hands and his victory. You see, David doesn't say a victory. God's not going to let you into my hands. He's actually going to lead you into our hands. The battle we fight is not for ourselves. As you invest in your, in your children, as you spend time filling your mind with God's thoughts about your children, and as you fill your children's minds with God's thoughts about them, you're equipping them with some stones in their pockets. Some of you are, are, are leading businesses and you're involved in leading people. The business decisions you make, when you heal yourself, not to look at what's the market's doing and where are things going, but trusting and saying, Lord, I want to fill my, my pocket, my arsenal, with the things that you have planned and purposed. 
and I'm going to lead my company in the same way. These are the principles we're going to apply. We're not going to walk by fear, but we're going to walk by faith. We're, we're not going to um, be prideful, but we're going to walk in humility. We're not going to walk with the armor of this world and fight with weapons of this world, but we're going to put on our spiritual armor. We're going to continue to know that God blesses and lifts up. We're going to be filled and we're going to live our lives. We're going to base our lives upon God's word in every way. I know that God will give us the victory because our minds, our imaginations, we, we see things from God's perspective, not our own. I love this. Uh, it's just a story that Ainsley, in closing, that Ainsley shared with us uh, this week about uh, a, a pastor who was sent to prison for 14 years in a communist prison. And, uh, and obviously they were restricted from preaching the gospel. And he, and he says the following, It was strictly forbidden to preach to other prisoners. It was understood that whoever was caught doing this received a severe beating. A number of us decided to pay the price for the privilege of preaching. So we accepted their terms. It was a deal. We preached and they beached us. We were happy preaching and they were happy beating us. So everyone was happy. You and I must understand that we're living in a world that's hostile to our faith. And the things of God, God's purposes and plans, there's a great, very real resistance to it. But we can either look at our Goliath and the resistance we have and say, impossible. Or we can say, based on God's faithfulness and based, based on what God has mandated us to do, we're going to fill our hearts and minds with God's word and we're going to proclaim it. We're going to speak it and we're going to live it. We're no longer going to be caught up and distracted by the things of this world. But we're going to fill our hearts and minds with God's purposes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that just as David lived a life with an open imagination and a willing heart, Lord, we want to have our minds open to the possibilities of what you want to do. But we also want to be willing to step out. Help us to fill our pouches, Lord Jesus, with those things which, which would empower us, Lord. In preparation, we can step out with confidence. Not seeking our own will and plan, but Father, looking to bring you glory with our lives. And Lord, I pray for those of us today that um, have not been yielding our lives to you. You've looked at, at God and, and scoffed like Goliath. You've felt like you want nothing to do with him. Present, it's more powerful than your excuses, more powerful than your past experiences, more powerful than your disappointments more powerful than the sin that you feel yourself trapped in. Today, Jesus wants to set you free. And if that's you today, I want to ask you to be bold, to be as bold as David, to step forward, to say, I, I want to yield myself. I want to become part of 
the family of God. And if that's you today, I want to encourage you to raise your hand there where you are. Thank you, Lord, for these people that are responding. Thank you, Jesus, for these hands going up. Thank you, Lord. If, that's, if you've made that decision, I really want to encourage you to not leave today without sharing that with somebody. Because our pathway to preparation starts by coming into God's family. For the rest of us, I want to encourage us to fill our hearts and lives with God's Word. To set our minds on Christ. As we fix our minds on Christ, He fixes our mind. Jesus, we pray that we as a church would be willing and able to step out in faith no matter what obstacles we face. Lord, I pray for a willingness to share our faith with others, to invite people into your kingdom, Lord, to bring encouragements through our sharing, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray that we would be as David, a man after your own heart, as we seek after your heart, Lord Jesus, we know you fill our hearts with you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the empowering work that you do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.